Welcome to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. This is your host, Jude, and this is where I'll be chatting to you about how to design and create high-quality dance events and creative dance content. I'll be covering topics ranging from fundraising, marketing, production, content creation, design, and so much more so that you can have all the tools and resources you need to stand out and build genuine connections with your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast episode. So for this week, we are actually going to be diving back into my conversation with Samak. So this will be part two of that interview. If you have not already listened to part one, I highly recommend you go back and give that one a listen just for some more context before you listen to this episode. And then before we jump in, I also just wanted to say thank you all for your patience with me getting adjusted to this new posting schedule. Now that we are back, I will be posting consistently bi-weekly. So every other week I will be bringing back a new episode on Wednesdays. So thank you all again and um, hope to continue bringing you guys some awesome content. Um, But if you're not already following me on Instagram at Media, I highly recommend you go over there because I will be introducing some additional content here very, very soon, uh, especially with Out of the Shadows, the event I'm working on for Shadow Puppets coming up here um, this first weekend of May. So I highly recommend if you guys want to be involved with that or see any of that content, um, highly recommend that you go over there and follow me on Instagram as well. Well, without further ado, we will go ahead and jump back into the conversation with Samek. I feel like you've kind of touched on this, but I don't know if there's any other you want to mention or maybe you want to expound on some you've already mentioned, but... What kind of challenges have you faced throughout your process of like developing 10K and how mm-hmm. like, are you slash did you overcome them? <laughs> um, well, outside of just the funding one and not getting grants, um, and we still run into challenges with being a fiscal sponsor. I think there's mm-hmm. some barriers, but I do think it's it relieves us of so much pressure. If you're a nonprofit, then you don't actually own your organization. So it's there's like there's so many mechanics, but mm-hmm. you know what? Jude, I will say the number one challenge is being a dancer and doing this. So like, I I, I want to do so much within my own like dance <clears throat> where I see a lot of my colleagues and peers who are just battlers or dancers that want to, they, they're traveling, they're dancing. Um, a lot of my mental capacity is taken up by what we're doing where I I can't, I'm, I'm not practicing the way I was practicing maybe. And I think that's normal obviously, especially with life, like everybody has something going on. Even if you have a job, you probably don't practice the same way. Um, But it's, it sucks even more because I'm making these events for dancers. Yeah, I don't get to, you know, (laughs) I'm like, man, if I was practicing, if if I wasn't doing this, I'd be practicing so much more. And, and I'm competitive in my own, in my own right, where I'm like, man, give me, give me six months, you know, (laughs) where I got a good six months before a battle where I feel good, where as before I could just, you know, I used to just be able to take a couple of weeks, pop up, take a couple of weeks, pop up. But now, you know, my time is different. And I think that's where we're, when it comes to organization within street dance, one, people don't have the tools. I'm, I'm lucky where I've, I've gotten the tools from school. And then my, I had a couple jobs after college where it really was like a, it was a training, you know, it was, it was, that was like the dojo for nonprofit work. But regardless, I met a lot of people who do the work, um, but being a dancer, 
I just want to be a dancer sometimes. And that's the toughest challenge is like, boy, you know, I wish I was just dancing and, you know, but I want to do this for the community so they can just dance. And I'm happy with that, you know? Um, And that's, I think that's the challenge for a lot of our scene is like, some people just want to dance. Yeah. You can't get them to do the, the, some of the, the work to do some of these events. So when you see some of these, I don't want to say they're bad events. They're just, they're just lacking the resources and capacity from their team because of either their dancers or they don't have the information mm-hmm. um, because they're dancers uh, and nothing's wrong with that. And I, I hope I'm not coming off in that way, but no, no. yeah. 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 I just, I just think it's capacity and it's like, yeah, yeah. dance, dance, bro. Like you, you, yeah. you should dance. Um, but who are the people that can help around around you? Like, can you establish a team of just volunteers for this event yeah. that you can take a day? I don't know. Um, yeah. But that's something I deal with. It's like, people just want to dance. That's why some of what we see, you guys' event is great. Um, there's, you know, in New York, they have great events. In LA, they have great events. And then underneath those high tier battles, you start to see lack of resources, lack of mm-hmm. capacity because I think it comes from uh, if you don't have the notoriety and you're doing an event for the first time, they just want to dance. These groups just want to dance. So yeah, I 100% feel that. Like personally, I feel um, I've sacrificed a lot of time um, (laughs) and energy on doing stuff that's like more on the organizational side of things. And sometimes like I feel I don't know, I would almost say like I feel guilty or I feel bad. Mm. Like I've I've not been doing as much dancing as I used to. Mm. Um, but then the other part of me is like, well, somebody has to do all of this. And if nobody Trade else can do it, then I've got to be the one to do it. So like, yeah. um, at least if like I want to see like the outcomes that like I'm striving for within the community and the scene. So it's like there are, we do have to have those people that are willing to make those sacrifices and like put yeah. that stuff before other things. And yeah. even within like shadow puppets, like all of our members have different priorities and a lot of them prioritize dance over, you know, like the organizational side of things. And like, I don't begrudge them that at all. Um, yeah. Like that's just like, you know, their priorities. And I think that's a that's lot reality. of reality. Yeah. And so yeah. It, you do have to find those people that are willing to put in that work and put in that time yeah. um because otherwise like I just don't see like how you were talking about before like how we can build a framework and how we can build a foundation um without people like that who are willing to make that sacrifice so yeah yeah and I think uh one bit of advice and in, in finding those team members again is going to it's so easy to get stuck in our silo I think uh if you're in the arts community um mm-hmm. and getting your head out of that thing uh is tough but like it's not just going to other events, but like really being interested and then like, okay, well, who's working at this event? Hey, you know, yeah. would you want to volunteer to do X at our event? Mm-hmm. It's it's more fun, you know, like <laughs> you, you get Jets pizza. Like, right? <laughs> yeah, so, literally. <laughs> right, right. So you start coaching um, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. And I'm not trying to steal nobody, but you'd be surprised <laughs> the number of people that's like a street dance, especially in the Midwest. Okay, yeah. that's the difference. That's the difference here. Okay, New York and LA, they they it's bigger, right? Sure, it takes more resources financially, maybe. Um, but they have the support because it's it's a normal thing. I don't I can't speak for Chicago, but I can speak for Cleveland in that every event that we have other spectators, it's like I've never seen a battle before. This mm-hmm. is wild. 
Next event, now they're fans. We have people who come to every single event and have they have more 10K merch than I do. <laughs> so it's weird. Um, but it's right because I'm yeah. like, we did what we had to do in this sector. Um, we pulled this person um, and we're still trying to get it right. We don't have a formula, right? When we have a formula, but it's still being built in a way that I think uh, is honest to us and then honest to our, our community. But nobody's seen events. So we have a yeah. we have actually a really... Uh, cool moment in in history right now where uh, in the Midwest where we can still be like your first um, we are I know for a lot of these kids we're their first experience with hip-hop and street dance yeah and that is the coolest thing and the most powerful thing Mm -hmm. and it's like I think even for the shadow puppets I don't again I can't speak for Chicago but I'm assuming it's similar maybe with Mm -hmm. the Midwest but it's like wow a street dance event never seen one yeah crazy yeah no I remember when I first came to Chicago in 2018 um Shadow Puppets wasn't quite yet a thing but um the first like event I went to was actually at Columbia College because that's where I was going to study oh okay yeah Yeah. so I went to the B series and that's actually where um I met like the popping scene for the first time Uh. I grew up, so I grew up in like Southern Missouri. We don't have a dance scene there. And like Interesting. all that I could like find like freestyle dance wise was like on YouTube. And like, I would yeah. try to teach myself stuff. And then I lived in Korea for a while, but I was yeah. so like naive, I guess, to the um, dance culture that like, I didn't really know what to look for. So mm. like, I couldn't, I didn't really know where to go or like who to look for in terms of finding like freestyle dancers. And so yeah. I ended up in choreo for a while because again, like that, I feel like it's a little bit more accessible for people like who, um, don't grow up with that stuff. Like it's, yeah. it's all over the internet and stuff. So That's I ended up there, but, yeah. but for a while, like, even when I was doing choreo, I was like, this is not my thing. Like I really want to do freestyle. And like, it wasn't until I moved to Chicago that like, I actually saw freestyle poppers for the first time and I was like yes this is what I've been looking for for years like yeah yeah, and that was when I first met um like I met some folks from Electric Funketeers there Mm. um and then eventually like I was introduced to T-Bugs and then I met Shadow Puppets through that and like that was like such like a pivotal moment for me and then you know as time went on I realized like a lot of the events in Chicago I felt personally were lacking and I really Mm. wanted to like improve them because I was like seeing these other events that were happening and I was like I want to like do something that's like as good of quality as that um so Mm. yeah that's kind of like how I ended up here but (laughs) Mm. yeah Yeah, that's that's really interesting and it's weird because it's uh obviously it's different in terms of like location and region but it's kind of similar to you and Alex right because he came from Ohio and just this similar story interesting yeah yeah Alex he traveled like all over um yeah 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 like every three months I think for school um he was in Korea at the same time I was in Korea but we were in different parts of Korea and we didn't even know each other at the time so it's always weird how like you have like close meetings like that you never even know about but (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. wow Um, super cool yeah so kind of going into my last like kind of (laughs) couple of wrap-up questions mm-hmm. um yeah. what are your like future goals for 10k movement like where are you hoping to see um oh, it grow man. and develop <laughs> well i think the first thing and again being transparent um you know 
I, I could easily get a job elsewhere and do whatever for another organization. I find so much joy and pleasure and obviously doing it for myself. And um, this is what I went to school for. And it, it, and this is what I really trained in. Um, but I want to be involved. But I also want to hire a full-time staff to take care of creating a real hip-hop infrastructure that is completely, completely separate. I mean, separated, sustainable. Um, and separated from having to um you know rely on these very limited um funding resources uh and things like that so all our education is taken care of um all of our performances we're, we're booked in advance we have somebody who's our co company director taking care of um providing um performances for those specific spaces or booking right uh elsewhere um and then of course our events you know, when you look at, um, I grew up as a wrestler and if even in Chicago, say Illinois is pretty good, but Ohio and PA, if you've been to a wrestling match, it looks like, like you literally, even a high school wrestling match. If you go to the state tournament, there are 50,000 fans for high school wow. wrestling because of the culture. Um, same thing with PA. If you go to Iowa, Iowa is that, that way too. People will talk about Texas. Texas is about football. But those three states, I say, that are the best. New Jersey too and a, a couple others. But um, Ohio and PA are interesting because the culture and the fans that surround the culture and the demand for wrestling in these states, or at least Northeast Ohio and then um, Eastern PA, um, really throughout PA. But I want to get to the level where it's supported by these AAUs, right? The athletic or amateur athletic unions. Um, can we be something like an amateur athletic union where we support um, these battles, maybe in a circuit format where everything is connected, everything kind of is funneled into the next thing? Can we get to a point where battles, you don't just enter a battle and pay $10 and hope you win. And if you don't, you just go home before you see the finals and you don't yeah. even sign for people because you're salty. <laughs> but can we get to a point where it's like with, with maintaining the integrity of the culture? And that's another thing. I think we have to let some room to evolve. When the Olympics happens, I'm actually really, I'm for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. There's going to be bad stuff that happens and comes out of that, right? Mm -hmm. People are going to juice that for all the opportunities it's worth. And then there's the people that are going to do the right thing with it or right mm -hmm. thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's just doing a thing mm -hmm. based on what they know. And it's okay. Um, but we just have to let it evolve. I've seen so many OGs like stop watering it down. You haven't even seen the Olympics yet. We haven't even yeah. seen what happened yet. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. I don't care about the Olympics. I happen. I care about what happens after. And that's what, that's what kind of pisses me off because it's mm -hmm. like, can we think about infrastructure and paying our dancers? Like, yes, it's a hobby. Yes. It's something that makes you feel good, but so is, so is wrestling. So is playing basketball. Mm -hmm. So is playing AU basketball. And a lot of these kids are like, man, if I can make a million dollars, cool. But if not, at least I get to play basketball for my high school. Yeah. And a lot of them are getting full-time or full scholarships to these universities. Mm -hmm. What happens when, uh, the Olympics, uh, or, or it gets involved with NCAA, right? And yeah. you're, you went to Columbia if they had a breaking team, they already have the team USA. It's not, it's not far off is what I'm saying. So, mm -hmm. um, can we build an infrastructure around the, our events, education and performances? I, I keep kind of putting over here because I'm looking at almost these battles and things like as a sport. Yeah. Um, there's there's so many different lanes with street dance culture. 
where again, if you if everybody built um, an, an organization like 10K, we would have such a strong uh, US scene. Like it doesn't have to be yeah. 10K. It doesn't even have to have a performance element. Um, it doesn't even have to have a community engagement element, but it has to have do something to provide access to authentic street dance if we care about it. Mm -hmm. um, you're gonna, still gonna have your studios. You're still gonna have um, these other realms, but we don't have infrastructure right now in the city. It's like people are bootstrapping these events and it's like, oh, we're not getting nothing from this. It's all for the community. That's BS, man. I'm done with that. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't help you out. You're not creating a sustainable environment for yourself. You're talking about yeah. you're going home and you're not making money off this event. You need to, you, yeah. you need to break even and make profit. Um, yeah. And or I put think somebody in charge that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Something that bothers me a lot about that is like, I think that kind of mentality comes a lot from like a sense of ego and entitlement almost where it's like, I feel like not sometimes people just throw events for the wrong reasons. And it's like, yeah. if you are really doing it for the community, yeah, that, then like yeah. you don't need to brag that you're doing it for the community yeah. and then complain about it afterwards. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and Pop also, Facebook. yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. It's like, and if, and if, for example, say the community shows up to your event and they're not happy with it. And then instead of getting defensive, like you should take that feedback and yeah, with that, you know what I mean? Because like, that's your audience. That's the people you're trying to serve. I think not enough people yeah. have like a service mindset. Um, mm. Oh yeah. And then another thing that you were talking about that I really liked, um, it's kind of like this idea of opening up the avenues that people can take with street dance on a professional level because so like many levels. I remember like when I first went to college and first started dancing in general like I had no idea what was possible with it I just kind of knew like I liked this thing I'm gonna follow it and see where it goes but like mm -hmm. even when I went to college there's like this I was a dance major so there's this like idea of like you can either become a dance teacher you can own your own studio or you can join a company and perform and travel and so linear and those are like, the, those are your options. And that's yeah. what they train you for. And like, in my mind, like there's so much more that you can do. You can become a videographer, a photographer, content creator around dance. You can do events in organization, you can mm. do marketing. Like you can, you know, like you said, compete in the Olympics now, like it can be a sport. Like there's so many different avenues that people can take. And I think creating that infrastructure is going to open that up so much for people. Yeah and make it a possibility because a lot of people don't go down those paths because they've not been carved yet or they just don't even know that that's a possibility for them they don't even think about it as an option so yeah i i will add one thing to this because i do i do recognize the street dance community is we have to understand that the street dance community is um it was built by traumatic events these traumatic mm -hmm. events people are building and they're sharing and they're they're operating out of trauma they're operating out of yeah. um all of the all of these things that kind of bring them down so i understand that pe some people actually do not have the capacity yeah. to to do an event out of without their ego or in a service yeah. mindset i understand okay. that but my other point is can we be honest in what we actually need as a street dance? Like there doesn't actually have to be spaces for everybody. And um, I'll take the heat for saying that because <laughs> some events don't need to happen. Yeah. If you are, if you are doing an event and you do not have the means to do that event, or you are creating an event that is going to have negative effects, mm -hmm. you don't need to do that. You don't need to have yeah. a class just to say you're the only one teaching popping. If you're teaching, 
teaching pop inc incorrectly, you are actually doing the entire scene a disservice. Yeah. Um, that person, people need to be called out. Yeah. Um, and in a in a respectful way yeah. and people need to learn how to grow it's human nature it's okay um it's okay that you don't need to do that you just need yeah. to step down you know yeah, absolutely um, <laughs> and it's okay um i just think we're about to step into another another wave of the uh if you look at the street dance timeline we are going to be in the a very weird next five years mm -hmm. or really after 2024 i really feel like 2025 is going to get very weird 2024 people are gonna have to process what yeah. happened and i'm not just talking about breaking but that affects the street dance culture and i don't think people are thinking hard enough about not how to capitalize like just being an opportunistic but um yo like they're setting the stage for something major. Yeah. You know, um, I see so many TV shows on Netflix. I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've woken up in a sweat, like, man, I'm about to get texts <laughs> in 2025. Like, yo, did you see that new street dance show? Of course <laughs> I saw it. I'm mad now. <laughs> you know, um, just so much weird stuff is going to happen. And I want to just be able to be like a, a, a net and catch um, the influx of, interest yeah. you know and then with that interest we can do whatever we want in our sector or our scene but i do see for the future for 10k like you know what does it look like to do uh national events that you know they're they're like the us open everybody's getting paid up on entry right or we there's an event prior to but um i do see it on a on a grand scale where we're doing things kind of um kind of in a, in a sporting aspect, you mm -hmm. know, um, kind of looking at it in that aspect, being a um, intermediary, like uh, AAU or something like that. If we can do that, then we have successfully helped out street dance infrastructure. Everybody else can do what they want to do. But if we can just be some type of amateur athletic union or a national team or something, I think we're doing the right thing. And of course, Lords and Land, will be doing what it's supposed to do as well. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we're still um, doing our own in-house teaching to the youth because nobody cares. Once once that OG is done popping, I'm only worried about this 12-year-old who's cracking beats harder than you are. So Yeah, yeah. and I mean, too, like, it's yeah. also about, you know, sustaining, like, the, the dance. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you, don't, if you don't have a younger generation to take over the dance style then like it will cease to exist so yeah um yeah it's about preservation you know yeah. um yeah so <laughs> my final question we only have a couple minutes left so I want to wrap up um mm -hmm. are there any tools resources or advice that you'd like to recommend to others I, I said a lot about like funding and and, mm -hmm. and things like that I think the biggest thing is if we can all take a step out of our Yo, this sounds super cliche, like I read it out of a book, but yo, it's real. Uh, <laughs> take a step out of ourselves. Like, yo, the street dance scene and community is such a super minute and small thing. All the drama, all the successes, all the things that are involved within that scene are so small compared to the bigger picture. Like the big picture, if we're all about street dance, is to really um have an impact of value and give people a space to create and build self-esteem and build better people right build the future um if you want to be a great dancer cool but nobody cares in the grand scheme of things you know 
And that's what a lot of these sports do, right? And mm -hmm. I think people are going to start looking at things like sporting, uh, sport aspect plus arts. Um, can we can we just take a step out of the street dance scene for a second? I don't think it's I don't think it's that hard. Uh, step take a step out of yourself. Like wow, maybe you didn't need to uh, give the middle finger during that battle, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But you was feeling it. Uh, but um, I just think overall, it's like, can we take a step out and really see where we actually need to be? You know, maybe mm -hmm. you don't, maybe you don't need to take to, to host that those three events during the summer, yeah. back to back. Uh, maybe you don't need to teach. Maybe you do need to teach. Maybe some people need to step in their light, and some mm -hmm. people um, are in great positions that need to kind of act as funding resources. You know, that's mm -hmm. how I look at a lot of these funders. It's like you should be funding this. You should not be funding that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, who who are you to say, say that to us? If you can prove your point, then yeah, I, I think that's the direction you can go. If you can really sell a, sell your point, then I think so. But, yeah. you know, taking a step out, that's, that's my biggest piece of advice and it helps. Awesome. I love that. And thank you again so much yeah. for being on this podcast with me. I yeah. genuinely feel like this has been such like an insightful conversation. Like, yeah. I, this is probably the longest podcast I've recorded so far. Oh. Um, we might end up splitting it into two parts. We'll see. And that is exactly what I did was split it into two parts. Um, so sorry to cut this short at the end here. We actually did get cut off at the end due to some technical issues. So that was literally the end of the episode. But yeah, just wanted to say thank you guys so much again for listening to this podcast episode. I hope that this conversation was as insightful and entertaining for you all as it was for me. Um, if you guys have any feedback or requests of specific topics that you want to hear, please reach out to me either on my website, jinxdancemedia.com or at jinxdancemedia on Instagram. And of course, if you have not done so already, please rate my podcast five stars because it really helps me out. So until next time, bye everyone.